0: The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Nature of Business. This is your host, Chrissy Coughlin, and we have with us Jerry Lynch. He is the Chief Sustainability Officer at General Mills. Welcome, Jerry.
0: Hi, good morning.
1: How are you doing?
0: I'm good, thanks. Happy to be here. Excellent.
1: I am thrilled to have you. I'm glad we finally got it to work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, you're doing terrific work engaging people on sustainability, and it's a pleasure to be on today.
1: Well, I'm thrilled to uh, learn about what what is going on at General Mills, Um, and thrilled to hear about your role. You've had this role for roughly a year, a little more than a year, is that right?
0: Yeah, a year and a half, correct. Okay,
1: year and a half, okay. But you've been at General Mills for much longer than that. How long have you actually been at the company?
0: So I've been with the company for 17 years, and the first 15 of those were running brands and businesses. And oh. so this was a real opportunity to come over and do something different.
1: Now, how how is that transition? How, are you Are you finding it a smooth one? Are you enjoying it?
0: Yeah, it's a terrific transition because it's. I've always believed that business has an incredible potential to address some of the huge challenges that our society faces, and this is clearly one of them. And we have such a strong heritage here at the company of acting sustainably and living out our mission of nourishing lives that it's been a, a really terrific, smooth transition and very energizing to work on. There's a lot of people in the organization strongly committed to it. Mm-hmm.
1: And so – when I think of General Mills, obviously, like I, I mentioned before when I was um, doing my first segment, that General Mills is, is, is a company that has touched just about everybody in some way, shape or form. Um, food products galore. You own a, a bunch of companies. Uh, people may not even know all of the companies that you own. For instance, Pillsbury, you've had owned them for about um, or merged with them for about 10 years. So Perfect. you're very, very, uh, it's a very large company. How how does sustainability Work in a company of this magnitude.
0: Yeah, so we we are a large company. We're the sixth largest food producer in the world, and we have about thirty five thousand employees around the globe. About half of who are outside the U.S. and they're an incredible. They are the thing that makes sustainability happen. And so you mentioned some of our terrific brands like Cheerios and <laughs> Nature Valley and Haagen Dazs. Even so, it's uh, it is it is built on our heritage so as a company we were started back in the 1860s by a gentleman by the name of cadwaller washburn who you could argue was one of the real innovators in hydropower in food he set up the the very first flour mill that general mills ever owned or or ran along the mississippi river and used the power of the water going over the saint anthony falls and so it was really the beginning of a of an incredible incredible journey and um, literally lives out the ethics of the organization and and how we integrate that into the organization.
1: I saw that there there are people within General Mills that are doing corporate social responsibility, people working on health, people working on customer sustainability. How do you all work together to make it fit?
0: So we have a small team of people who lead the sustainability initiatives, and our goal really is to integrate those initiatives into the way that we run our businesses every day. Uh, We really pride ourselves on trying to uh, make our businesses more sustainable every day, Rather than trying to create a sustainability business, which is a somewhat different business model, and we do that by making it easier for our business partners who are running businesses every day uh, to make those decisions to understand the complexity of many of these decisions much more simply, um, and then to enable them to make um, to make the best possible decisions uh, within their within their everyday business decision making
1: so when you say business partners, give me an example of, of- who these these might be.
0: Yeah, so any of the any of the brands that we just talked about um, are some of our businesses. So whether it's mm-hmm. Green Giant or Nature Valley or um or Haagen-Dazs around the world, these are all business partners that we interact with every day as uh, as part of our work and part of their work.
1: So when you ha- work with a, an organization such as let's say Muir Glen or um, Green Giant, which, you know, Green Giant is, is has Received a lot of press that their, you know, their sustainable practices are relatively high on the mark. Mm -hmm. So do you do you find that you learn from these companies as you acquire them or merge with them uh, and, and adopt their practices within the confines of General Mills?
0: So the the um, there's always great learning to go on in, in sustainability and sustainability is really a journey of continuous improvement um, every single day. That's what makes the difference. Yeah. We're incredibly blessed to have a, a a philosophy of running our business called holistic margin management to which we've brought the sustainability lens that has really enabled us to unlock incredible value. So it is a broad company strategy that helps us understand what drives value for the consumer and to eliminate non-value-added costs. And mm-hmm. so we've brought the sustainability lens to that to say, what are the non-value-added environmental impacts that uh, that we can eliminate to improve the sustainability of the product and improve it's, uh, its uh, financial performance as well. So as an example, um, one of our plants uh, in Georgia that makes cereal, the operators there really focused on the unit operations within the way that we make cereal to understand how we're using energy there and really got down to measuring it at a very uh, small level. At each step of the processing Uh, operation. And they were able to reduce the energy use significantly and are saving about $600,000 a year in that plant. So this philosophy, this strategy of holistic margin management is really one that's very holistic and enables us to not only unlock um, environmental productivity, but also financial productivity.
1: Sure. And those are, you know, obviously the, the financial aspect is essential. Now that the, the story in Georgia is um, I love, you know, it's a, I love the feel good stories. Now tell me, um, was that brought upon by themselves or were they incented to do something to save the money?
0: So both. Right. Um, In this particular case, it was the employees who work that line saw that there was variation in the way that the energy was being used and they couldn't explain why that variation was the case. And so they got a whole lot closer to it to try and understand why, um, because they care a lot about the energy objectives, which is one of the objectives that our plants have. Um, the energy objectives and whether they could reduce that, realizing that there was also a financial savings that go along with that. So in our manufacturing operations, there are very specific objectives for each of our plants to uh, make progress against our uh, publicly held goals to reduce waste, water, energy, and greenhouse gases. Um, and each of those plants take on that challenge each year to continuously improve and, and drive down the impact.
1: And are you working with um, I know that the manufacturing plant, plants you find that you have the most con- you can have the most control over these operations. Is that something that that you you ha- are you spearheading that those efforts, or do you have a team?
0: So we have a team internally that works on those, and okay. they're part of our sustainability team, our broader sustainability team within the organization. So what about the shareholders? So shareholders want the. A strong performance from a company that they can rely on over time and so sustainability really drives at the objective of a company that people can rely on and trust for performance over time that will be there for the long haul and clearly in food one of the great challenges is how are we going to feed 10 billion people uh, in the next hundred years here without destroying the planet in the process and so sustainability is a key key journey and the more that we um, that we make progress, and that we talk about the, the progress with our shareholders, uh, the more that it continues to build value for us as an organization.
1: So it's becoming much more um, embedded in the corporate culture, as well Absolutely. as what, you know among the share- yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's great. Um, let's talk about 2015. It's a big year for uh, setting goals for for General Mills with regard to sustainability. Um, Tell us about, uh, there there are a bunch of areas where you are focusing water, solid waste reduction, uh, energy uses, greenhouse gas emissions. Can you talk to uh, the audience a little bit more about what those specific goals are?
0: Yeah, so you've mentioned for them water, energy, greenhouse gas, and waste. And we recently added uh, a goal against reducing the impact of transportation here in North America so transporting our products to retailers um, and a packaging metric as well and we've made steady progress against all these goals probably most noticeably reducing solid waste by more than thirty percent over the last five years um, and reducing water usage in our uh, manufacturing operation by more than than ten percent and so mm-hmm. um, that's that is part of our progress so the just to give you an example of Of how we're implementing that, one of the ways that we've done that with our transportation initiatives is we have uh, installed a management system that allows us to fill trucks much more efficiently when they transport product to stores. And so between 2009 and 2010, we reduced the amount of gasoline that it takes, diesel that it takes to transport a pound of product by 17% saving about 10 million gallons of, of fuel. So we'll continue to optimize that process as a great way to reduce the impact of providing uh, food to consumers. Wow. Wow. So we're also doing that in water. Um, what, you know, a simple example here, we operate outside of North America, Haagen-Dazs ice cream shops. I don't know if you mm-hmm. like uh, Haagen-Dazs ice cream, but if you do... Um, I do.
1: I do. In fact... <laughs> way too much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that that, uh, several of our employees in the shops noticed is that uh, when you go into an ice cream shop, you often notice that the scoops are stored in a bath of running water to keep them clean when they scoop the next scoop of ice cream. Well, that running water uses a lot of water, obviously, and so they have adopted scoop showers so that instead of the water continuously running, it only operates when they put the scoop back in. It gives the scoop a little shower, and then it turns off. So that reduces the water usage in those scoop baths by about 75 percent, and it saves about a million dollars a year in that shop operation. So another that's just terrific amazing. way that yeah, it's a it's terrific the innovation that's unlocked as you get much closer to your uh, the way that you make your products, make and sell your products. It's really terrific.
1: Right. And it's just, you know, it speaks so, so um, loudly to the, you know, the juxtaposition between innovation and sustainability and how they work together and how just little tweaks, just kind of tweaking it to the left or right can have that that um, such an incremental change. So, Jerry, we've been talking about the uh, General Mill 2015 um, sustainability goals, and you mentioned that you had added packaging. Let's talk about packaging. That's obviously a huge aspect of the business.
0: It is, and it's an important part of providing food safely to consumers. Packaging has a really important role to in getting uh, food to consumers safely and in the quality that they want. And so it has a very important role, but it also uh, can have um, a sustainability impact. And so we have long been working in this area. Back in the 1930s, we were one of the first to start using recycled content in um, our paperboard uh, in the 1990s here in Minneapolis, we really led a broad group of folks in the local area to help uh, bring together recycling of uh, cereal cartons um, as an initiative. And so it's an important area. And all that led us to last year really setting a, uh, in place what we call our packaging metric. And the objective of that is to continue to make continuous improvement in our the sustainability of our packaging. When you look at it, though there are lots of ways to get after this, and we want to enable any improvement, one of the keys to continuous improvement and sustainability is to look under every rock, both big and small. And so there are four ways that a, that a package could become more sustainable. You could Take, you could take down the weight of the package. You could increase the amount of recycled content that goes into that package that creates demand in the recycling stream. You could improve the recyclability of a package, or you could literally redesign it so you get more packages on a truck. So you've got your taking down the greenhouse gas impact of transporting a package to store. And several of our brands have really made noteworthy gains in, in packaging reduction. Nature Valley um, changed their package so that they actually took packaging material out while leaving the product the same size. They saved over 6 million pounds of paperboard um, each year, and they've reduced the, the carton size by about 13%. We're using wow. lighter plastic in our Pillsbury Grand Suite Rolls, and that saves about 600,000 pounds a year. Betty Crocker Warm Delights is um, using new bowls that uses 40% less plastic, so that's about 300,000 pounds a year. So having the businesses really focus on this as an initiative allows our packaging to become much more sustainable.
1: There's a conversation going on about the role of companies um, when it comes to sort of the end of the life of packages and the, and the mm-hmm. product take back. And I know that's going on quite a bit in the um, electronics realm. And I think 23 States now have uh, laws in place for, for corporations to take back their products. What, what is general Mills doing in this realm?
0: So we've always taken our, our, the sustainability of our packaging very seriously. And I mentioned a little bit before our, our history in this space. And we believe that that will continue to be important and that it's uh, an area that uh, we, we've got to address um, and we'll continue to address. The industry has made incredible strides. Um, the recycling rate of packaging uh, of consumer products is, I believe, according to the latest EPA estimate, close to 48% uh, percent in the U.S., and that's, a, that's an incredible, incredible progress, and we'll continue to make that progress. We've uh, made commitments as the grocery manufacturers Uh, industry, uh, the association called the Grocery Manufacturers Association, uh, to take out large amounts of packaging weight over the next uh, several years. And we continue to look at how waste um, makes a difference on the environment. So one of the things that I'm very excited about is we've now extended that work to food waste. And if you look at EPA's data, the greenhouse gas emissions coming off of The waste of food that goes into landfills is actually much bigger than the amount of greenhouse gas that comes off of packaging. And so we formed, we've really played a leadership role in pulling together several industries to combat food waste in America. We've pulled together the Grocery Manufacturers Association, the Food Marketing Institute, and the National Restaurant Association to identify strategies to reduce waste while increasing food donations to feed the hungry. And this is a you know, this is a much even much bigger challenge. There are approximately thirty million tons of food that go into landfills every year. So that's if you think about it, that's two hundred pounds of food a year that goes in per person that goes into a landfill. Um, and so there are it is. And there, you know, there, are several, there are several big challenges with that, right? One is obviously, and the most critical, is that this food that's thrown away bypasses many hungry Americans. On any given day, there's 50 million Americans, including 17 million kids that are hungry. And the demand for food assistance is growing. It's up 40% since, since 2009. So that's one challenge. The second is when it rots in a landfill, it creates greenhouse gases. And so food waste is a bigger bigger issue even than packaging. And then thirdly, you've got the what I call environmental churn from creating all that food in the first place only to have it throw, thrown away. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of focus on this. Within the industry, and uh, we've pulled together this coalition to start working on it, Feeding America, which is a terrific nonprofit organization that helps provide food to the hungry, is a key partner in this process, and really looking at um, identifying innovations, best practices, and policy initiatives that we can agree to across society that will help reduce the impact of food waste. So it's really, really an exciting initiative.
1: That is exciting. I, there's so much going on with um, with food waste uh, right now. You see, it, I, I'm in the Boston area, and you see that see it quite a bit. A number of companies popping up with anaerobic digestion, uh, mm-hmm. just just diverting diverting food products to landfills. Um, and when you you were at the sustainability summit, I think you had the second annual one in Arizona this year. Is that correct?
0: We did. That's okay. Right.
1: And um, this came up as one of a, one of the a big
0: issue. It was one of many topics, so just to give your listeners a little background, that summit is is an annual collaborative gathering that we pull together, uh, the industry pulls together, between the Grocery Manufacturers Association and the Food Marketing Institute, which many retailers are involved with, along with government and advocacy groups and really working towards a common goal of advancing environmental and social responsibility in uh, the production of of consumer products. So we had more than 80 speakers on topics that ranged everywhere from water stewardship to sustainable packaging to how to build collaborative relationships between industry and NGOs. And one of the topics that received significant focus was this food waste mitigation and landfill avoidance. Mm -hmm. And so that was really a a key step along the way to making progress and uh, inviting more people into this food waste mitigation coalition that is doing all this work.
1: So there's a lot of pre-competitive collaboration going on, not just with NGOs, but amongst cor- corporations in the same in the same absolutely. field. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's absolutely
0: That's... true. We need each other to make progress on a pre-competitive basis because many of these challenges are so great that not one of us can tackle them alone.
1: Let's talk a little bit um, more about strategic partnerships, uh, as we we have talked about. Can you give us an example of one that you're particularly proud of?
0: So, one of the ones that's doing a really terrific work is an organization called Field to Market. And the Keystone Center uh, Mm. helped to pull that group together. And it represents the full value chain of how food is made uh, for consumers. So, we've got farmer groups involved. We've got um, the folks that provide inputs to farmer groups, uh, to farmers involved. We've got folks who take farm product to food companies like ourselves involved. We've got companies like ourselves involved. We've got academics and NGO organizations, and uh, even the USDA has participated in that process as well. And we're really looking at how we can drive down the environmental impact of commodity agriculture in the United States, so the big, big commodities, um, wheat, corn, rice, uh, cotton, and doing that by arming farmers who are the best able to make a difference with better information so they know how to make progress. So very simply, they enter their uh, information on things that they use on their farm into a database, it allows them to understand the impact of what they're using, but it also allows them then to compare themselves to others in a similar geography or to the, to the nation as a whole and start to look at how are they doing relative to environmental impact and how are they doing relative to how much they produce. And so they may find out, for instance, that they're using a whole lot more fertilizer than somebody else in a neighboring county who's actually getting better yields than they are. So that's a real opportunity for them to both reduce their impact and to improve uh, their own profitability as a farmer.
1: And to learn from each other. That's fabulous.
0: Exactly.
1: Wow. Well, I, could, I have lots more questions for you. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up. So I'm going to have to get you back on the show in 2012. I'd love so- to. Okay, we'll do that because there's so much to talk about. It's such a big company, you have so much going on, but I think we covered some good ground here today, and I I do appreciate your time.
0: Appreciate yours, Chrissy. Thanks so much.
1: Okay, thanks, Jerry. Bye.
0: The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com.